my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I'm very excited to be here today with Sarah Wiener. Sarah, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, So Sarah is um, a 2016 graduate of our program, and she was actually a double major here at Cal Poly. She also majored in comparative ethnic studies. And we'll we'll get into that when we when we talk about her Cal Poly career. And she is currently the senior development manager at the American Cancer Society. So um, doing some really important work um, in, in the in the nonprofit world and super excited to talk to you and just been so impressed, Sarah, with the the arc of your career. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it seems like it's been a long time since you graduated, right? But it's really yes. not that not that long ago. And you're already like progressing through your career and doing so well. So super excited to uh, get a chance to sit down with you. Tell us, uh, first of all, Sarah, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Ventura, California. So just a few hours south of Slow. Right on. Well, you know, back-to-back podcast. I, I have to always be careful here because, you know, we, I air them at different times depending yeah. on the schedule or whatever. Um, but I just talked to someone from Ventura. Did you know that that uh, that uh, Dr. Sturm uh, grew up in Ventura? No, I had no idea. Yeah, he's from Ventura. Yeah. Oh, cool. Isn't well, I love cool? Ventura, so. <laughs> Did you ever have Sturm? Did you have Sturm in class? I didn't have him. No, you never did. Oh, no way. Okay. That's why you're one of the few, uh, you were one of the few that uh, didn't have Sturm. That is wild. Um, so tell us what, what, uh, what did your parents do when you were growing up, Sarah? Yeah. So when I was in high school and middle school, my mom, um, was a director of a nonprofit locally and my dad was a dentist and then my mom actually, she originally was a lawyer. She decided to go back to being a lawyer kind of when I went off to college. So oh, wow. she's still a lawyer. My dad's a dentist. Nice. So once she, as an empty nester, she decided to go back to her original career. Exactly. But that's where the nonprofit, uh, that's where the nonprofit world and you knowing about all the vast opportunities in the nonprofit sphere came from, I guess, huh? Yep, exactly. <laughs> that is cool. What about brothers and sisters? Do you have any brothers, sisters? I do have one older sister. Um, mm-hmm. She's three years older than me. She went to Tufts in Boston. Ah, right. And now there she you. lives here in San Diego, where yeah. I currently reside. So I get to see her all the time. Oh, that's awesome. That is very awesome. And Tufts, what a great school. And um, and I love Boston. Boston's a beautiful, beautiful city. But, um, you know, uh, coming back to San Diego, that's a pretty good place to move from Boston. Exactly. <laughs> I imagine she there was- are a lot of people who move from Boston to San Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah. She said no more snow, only when I want to go and, you know, go play in the snow. <laughs> go play in the snow. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. So so tell us what uh, tell us what young Sarah was like. What was uh, what was your jam when you were uh, when you were a kid? What were you into? Yeah. So growing up, I did play a lot of sports. I was on a basketball team, a soccer team, Uh um, baseball. So I basically played all the sports growing up. Nice. 
Yeah, it was fun. And then in high school, my big passion was travel. So I actually got to study abroad in high school, which is really rare. Yeah, um, you know, I thought I saw that um, when I was looking through. When I was looking through, tell us about tell us about that and how that came about. Because not many people get to do a study abroad in high school. Yeah, so I went to Jerusalem, Israel, which was very cool. Um, I had known people that went on the same program before, so they right. kind of told me about it. And I applied and I got to go for one semester of high school and it was amazing. Our PE was camel riding and (laughs) it really fostered my passion for international studies and travels and just being so involved with the world around me. So, right. right. Well, that, you know, that kind of leads us right into Cal Poly and your time mm-hmm. at Cal Poly, because you started, you, I, I know we were, we were talking um, offline beforehand. Um, and I saw that, that you have, um, you have a, a minor in um, global politics. And, and then you, you, you let me know informed me that you were also a double major here at Cal Poly. So tell us about um, how you got your start at Cal Poly how you knew about it. And obviously we're pretty close to Ventura. So mm-hmm. you, you knew about Cal Poly, but was there a connection there in your family or, or, mm-hmm. or friends or anything like that? Um, what led you to Cal Poly? Yeah. So actually no connection. Um, I did want to stay closer to home. I'm very close with my family. Yeah. So I was looking for somewhere that's not too close. I didn't want my parents to just check up on me right. whenever they wanted. <laughs> then I could still take the train home or drive home. Um, yeah. So I was looking for colleges that were in California. And we went up and visited, I think it was my junior year of high school. And I just love the campus. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. The weather is amazing. So I applied, I originally applied as a comparative ethnic studies major, as we mentioned, and I got in under that major and I was so excited to go to Cal Poly. Um, And once I got to Cal Poly, I loved comparative ethnic studies, but I did want to, you know, think of what can I do with comparative ethnic studies? And that's where I was really struggling to see like, okay, when it comes down to a career, what would I do necessarily? Mm -hmm. So I had a few friends that were in RPTA at the time. It's now EIM. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it just sounded so fun. I obviously love travel international. So I was like, maybe I can go into hotels and tourism. And that's kind of how I got into EIM RPTA. Right. Um, Right. And I loved it. I love it. Well, that's such a great story. And and, um, now uh, a mom is a lawyer or, or, you know, a nonprofit and lawyer and dad as a a dentist. What did they think about? uh, What did they think about the switch or or the, the double major element of it? Yeah, they just want, they were supportive. They wanted to make sure I wasn't too overwhelmed having two majors and a minor. Like that sounds like a lot. And, um, I will be honest, I was very social in college as well. So balancing all the different aspects. So they were supportive. They just wanted to make sure it was the right path for me and something that I would excel in as well. 
Of course, of course, I love that. So, um, so they they were looking out for you along those lines. Well, you know, I like to I like to ask uh, my guests uh, this question related to their time in San Luis Obispo. You know, I know it's hard to 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 narrow it down to just one time, but is there is there a special moment or, or something where you look back and you go? Oh man, I'll never forget that um, about your time in uh, at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. What what really stands out? So I'll say overarching. Just when I look back in college, my college years, I knew at the time that these are supposed to be your best years of your life. I knew it, but I didn't really realize until after how much I was going to miss it. Yeah, so I will say I definitely miss college. It was a great time. Um, this may sound corny, but when I found out that I could do the double major because it was difficult, I had to go talk to the dean of the college and I really had to prove myself that I wanted to be a double major and that it was going to be something beneficial to me as well as both the programs. Right. Um, so when I found out that I could do the double major, I just remember being so excited, so proud yeah. of myself. Just, awesome. I felt like I overcome came a huge step in my life and for my future career. It just was really like I could do anything after overcoming that and focusing on two different aspects that hopefully will lead to my career. Yeah, exactly. You know, I love that. That's so great to say because I, I should um I should add some context for for our listeners because um most probably don't realize this. Um and, and I was super surprised. Sarah, Sarah can attest that when I when she told me she was a double major, I was like, what really? Because mm-hmm. Cal Poly doesn't actually uh let you double major very often. Like you do have to go through a process. And um uh, because we 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 did this like streamlining where we decided that, um, and this was like probably a couple of provosts um, back, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but it but it was this element where they discovered that kids just wanted to stay in San Luis Obispo longer, yeah. And so they realized that double majoring was one of the strategies, and so they kind of started really putting barriers up to prevent students from doing it. Um, so I am with you. That was a great accomplishment to allow you to get a, approval to be able to do it. And so that's really cool. I love that. That's a great, great story. So tell us about, um, you know, uh, moving out of Cal Poly um, and, and, and into your internship. Our current students in particular love hearing the process about the internship, um, you know, whether they are um, in the process of looking for one or whether that it's down the road, almost every one of our current students can relate, right, mm-hmm. to, to your your process there. So tell us about your, your internship and the process, how you got it and all that. Yeah, so my internship was with TBA Global, which is an event planning company up in the Bay Area, yeah. San Francisco in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the alum from RPTA at the time worked there. So that's how I got the connection and got the internship yep. and it was amazing. So her name was Andy. She graduated a few years prior to me and she was so sweet. She helped me finding housing and just, um, adapting to San Francisco. This was my first time kind of living on my own 
farther away from my family. I don't have a community of students around me. So I was ready for the real world. Right. And Andy was just there every step of the way. And it was a really fun company. They planned events for tech companies such as Yahoo, um, Sony PlayStation. We did a huge party for them. And I just couldn't believe that this was actually someone's job to put on big parties. It was so fun. Um, And yeah, I really owe it to the department because everyone in the department helped me and connect me to Andy to get this position. I love it. That's great. And yeah, we've had a relationship with uh, TBA Global over the years mm-hmm. and um, as one of the uh, big event services and in, in the entertainment sphere. And mm-hmm. so uh, that had to be super exciting. And I, I remember hearing about uh, hearing about your big PlayStation event and um, and, and that's all. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I bet that was. I bet that was fun. So now let's talk about moving out of 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 the Cal Poly years and into your career, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and obviously, um, uh, you know, for for any young professional, it is a journey, right? It is. It, it is. Uh, you know, we use the term arc, and and I'm not sure that's the right term to use. I I use it and all, but uh, uh but uh, you know, you've you've had a number of really interesting um, positions. You know, you you worked with the Santa Barbara Zoo and Make a Wish, and and um and then the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance, and and now with the American Cancer um, Society. Um, so let's let's first um let's first talk about um. The zoo connection, like where did you, uh, how did you end up in a, in a zoo setting? Are, are you an animal lover? Like what's, uh, what's the deal there? I'm a huge animal lover. So growing up, like when I was 10 or, you know, when I was younger, yeah. I wanted to be a vet. That was yeah. my ultimate goal was to be a vet. I love animals. I have a dog currently. I've always had dogs growing up. Uh-huh. Um, but when it came down to it, I did not like chemistry. I didn't like science. Okay. So I was, that kind of went out the window, but I've always liked animals and I was doing events at the time. Like I mentioned, TBA global. So I had that event experience and I kind of wanted to tie together. So bring the animals and events together. So I did randomly go online and I applied for the San Barbara Zoo job and I got it and I got so lucky. So I will just say, never give up. If you're scared to apply for a job, just apply, just do it. You never know. So that's how I got that job. And then from San Barbara Zoo, I was able to connect with different zoos all over the U.S. And ultimately that led to my San Diego Zoo job because I knew someone who work there. Right. Yeah. It's a small world. Once you get into the zoo network, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just call up Ed the giraffe and the uh, next thing you know, uh, <laughs> I wish, but it was fun. I will say there's lots of perks of working at a zoo. You yeah. can go feed the giraffes. You get a lot of behind the scenes with the animals. So it is a really fun job. And I bet particular when you, you know, you were, you were involved in, um, in events and, and, and I want to talk to you about how you have gotten involved in development and, and in the experience that you, um, that you bring, that you bring to that. Um, but, but for, for those development positions, 
events are an integral part of that, right? I mean, um, because it's building relationships and you build a relationships through experiences. And, um, and I imagine uh, in particular, uh, working at a zoo and doing events and donor engagement and those sorts of things. I imagine it's just so much fun. Can you talk about that and, and what you were doing on a daily basis um, at San Diego zoo? So, so, um, so Sarah was, um, was both development coordinator uh, for special events and donor engagement and event specialist at the San Diego zoo wildlife Alliance. Can you just talk about that experience and, and what it was like and, and, um, you know, this this whole element of development and the co-creation of experiences, which is one of the things that we've really um, focused on, you know, with our with our move to the experience industry. Yeah, um, well, I agree 100 percent with you. It's so experience based. Um, so on a daily basis, I was in our philanthropy department doing our special events so I worked with donor groups that wanted to fundraise. And as a result, they would have dinners and luncheons and different activities, essentially, to you know gather and fundraise around that. Um, I also did habitat openings. So our, we brought platypus. They're the first in the U.S. to so the safari park. Nice. Um, so I did the habitat opening. Um, and on a day-to-day basis, I was just working with people in the community, donors, and just seeing, uh, connecting the funds and donations to the events and how we can bring those two together. Wow. So it, it was so much fun. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So tell us, um, there, there had to be, there, there, there has to be like one experience in particular that like really, that really stands out. So you, you mentioned the platypus, um, but is there, is there, is there one like meaningful uh, event or meaningful experience that you're just like, I will never forget that for as long as I live. Like, uh, well, uh, tell, tell us, tell us a good story, Sarah. Oh yeah. gosh. Well, there are so many good stories because I like I mentioned, I did get to go behind the scenes a lot. We would do donor tours and I would get to go out on a safari caravan and, see the animals up close, feed the giraffes. I did meet the baby rhino the week after it was born and I got to pet it. And oh, so cute. Oh, a baby rhino. Baby rhino. So, so um, everybody can kind of relate to a dog size. So from a dog size, what, what, how big is a baby rhino? I would say the baby rhino, um, it's probably like, a great dane full size. I was gonna say probably da- okay. I was wondering. Okay, yeah. Great wow. dane. Maybe a little bit shorter, but very yeah. like girthy. Right. Um, so those experiences are just like once in a lifetime. And it's so incredible. But my favorite event would actually be I managed our food and wine festival and I was in charge of our beverage vendors. Yeah. And I like I've mentioned this before in a few previous jobs, I just couldn't believe it was a real job that I was just <laughs> working with beer vendors um, and setting up a festival, essentially. And we had bands. It was so much fun. So that's the one event I will still volunteer at every year. I will still attend. It's such a great event. Oh, I love it. I love it. And see, you know, I, I think it's... um. For our listeners out there, and, and I know there are many who are, are special events driven, 
you know, they, they hear you say that and they're like, oh yeah, and I would love to do that. And for me, I'm like, mm, nope, not interested in that at all. I wouldn't like, I, I, I would like to go, you know, and drink the wine, mm-hmm. but I'm not really interested in working it or setting it up or anything like that. And, but I just love people like you and we, and obviously we get so many in our major mm-hmm. that just, that that's like a dream job to be able to do that, the, to, to manage a run a festival or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh no, for me, I'm like, no, 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 that's too much attention to detail. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a lot of logistics. Yes. So you yes. definitely, but after a few years of doing logistics, it almost becomes easy to you. And it's just, it, it's not hard. It's right. fun. Right. It becomes second nature. I love that. So let's talk now about um, what you're currently doing. Um, it's such meaningful, meaningful work and, and, and so needed and working as a senior development manager for American Cancer Society. I know, I remember reading your post on LinkedIn. I know it was very hard to leave, um, to leave the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. And I know you had, had built so many friends and colleagues there, but, but the opportunity to work for, for, for an organization like the American Cancer Society and, and do work that is so meaningful. I imagine that was a big pull. So talk about what that process was like, that transition. Yeah. So, um, it was very difficult to leave the zoo. Obviously I love animals. It's such a fun job as I've spoken to, but actually this opportunity came to me on LinkedIn. So I encourage all, right. all yeah. everyone listening to this, be active on LinkedIn. So they reached out to me um, and yeah, I couldn't pass it up. I do have a connection to cancer. So this was a very important position and uh, yeah, I had to take it. I couldn't yeah. say no. Yeah. Um so the transition has been great, actually. I'm still in contact with the zoo, so I still volunteer. And so I'm able to get that animal aspect, but then my work can be focused on cancer. Yeah. So at ACS, um, I manage Relay for Life in San Diego County. So we have three relays. Yep. So we have three relays. So I am in charge of all three, as well as our Gold Together initiative, which is our child hood cancer initiative. So those are kind of the four things on my plate. Um, For gold together, it is all of Southern California. So Riverside, San Bernardino, Orange County, Palm Springs. I do all the effort and outreach for that area as well. That's a big area. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I, um, uh, most, I would assume that most of our listeners are familiar with Relay for Life. Um, tell, but, but, but for, for those who are, are not, um, tell us about Relay for Life. I know it's been, I mean, wow. I, I think back, um, it, it has to be, what did it, what did it start like 30 years ago? How long has Relay for Life? I don't know that. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know it's been a long time because I remember as a kid being involved in in relays for life and um just wow, what an what an iconic event that's all held all over the country. And so no matter if someone's listening to this from Florida or Maine or 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 uh, Boston or, or Seattle or here, everyone knows about relays relays for life that are going on in small towns, big towns all over Mm -hmm. the country. Um, So tell us about Relay for Life. 
Yeah. So I unfortunately do not know the answer to that question. Yeah, I should, but I will say that in high school, I actually participated in Relay for Life in Ventura. So yeah. I know it's been going on for a while. Um, so Relay for Life is a cancer walk, essentially. Usually it'll be around a track, so it's not a start to finish line. Um, but it used to be 24 hours, so you would stay overnight. During COVID, we switched it to be a 12-hour event. So most events around the country are 12 hours now. So mm -hmm. 9 to 9 or 10 to 10. Um, and it's really just to honor our ca caregivers, our survivors, and kind of create you know, hope around cancer and awareness as well. So the whole community is invited to come out to Relay for Life. And we'll have, you know, the fire trucks there, policemen, different schools in the area, churches, temples. So it's really a big community event to honor our survivors and caregivers, but also those who we have lost to cancer. So we'll have a luminaria um, lap at the end and ceremony where we will honor those who loved ones who did not make it through their fight against cancer. So that's kind of what Relay for Life is. It's a really fun event. So I know that sounds kind of sad, but it's a fun event. So, you know, there's bands all day and you have a team so you can be, you know, Team Cal Poly and Team Cal Poly will come with a tent and you can, you know, do baked goods and sell things to raise funds for American Cancer Society and our mission. And the whole day is just so much fun. You get to see all your friends, your family will come out, you're walking. So you're getting your 10,000 steps in a day. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just a powerful day because you, there's so many emotions. I mean, you're so excited then you're, you know, sad about those you've lost, but you're inspired by all those survivors that are walking the track. So it's, a, it's an amazing day. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, um, I, I got a little emotional thinking about um, the people that I've lost to cancer. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, wow, I didn't, I'm sorry, Sarah. No, it's <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect this. But, um, you know, when you reflect and, and you think about, I think, um, I don't think there's a person in this, in this world that has not been been touched by cancer and 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 lost someone to cancer and and so uh wow when you were talking just thinking about all the emotions right that the, the the happy emotions and the celebration emotions of 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 um those among us who are survivors but also those who who uh we've lost and um yeah so uh i i just you know just i can't applaud you enough for the work that you're you're doing and and this calling, um, uh, so to speak, you know that that um, so many that get involved with with nonprofit in the nonprofit world, you know, it really is, it really is a calling. It really is something that um, you can go to work every day, knowing that you're making a difference in in somebody's life, um, whether it's working with youth or whether it's working um to to fight um cancer like like you're doing um at the american cancer society so i from the bottom of my heart i can't thank you enough for for all that you do and, and that's it's just uh you know so fabulous and um so um i, I do 
I do, I do want to ask you um, along those lines, like how can people get more involved? You know, I mean, it's I, I, it's not like we we have this huge network with the podcast, but it is um, we we do get a a pretty sizable um, audience, and so how can people um, how can people get more involved um, with American Cancer Society or Relay for Life or yeah. So, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your message. Um, So we have a website, cancer.org. And from cancer.org, you can find your local relay. So wherever you are in the nation, you can type your zip code in and you'll find the closest relay for life to you. And on the page that you can either sign up a team, be an individual participant. If you just want to volunteer your time, there'll be a contact. So you can email um, whoever the manager is of that area. And I'm sure they'd be very thankful. Yeah. Obviously we'll accept donations, but I think it's so impactful just to get involved. I personally volunteer for a number of organizations, just my free time. I One local one is the Animal Pad. It's an animal nonprofit. And I just yeah. write thank you notes for all their donors. That's oh, all I do. That's and cool. it's, it's still so impactful and I just, I'm watching TV and I'm doing it at the same time. So there's a lot you can do in your free time. That's not difficult. Like you don't have to go out to an event necessarily and you can still give back. And it's just so meaningful. Like, especially I hate to bring this up, but with all that's going on in the world right now, I really feel the need to be giving back as much as I can. Yeah. And so, and I feel many listeners will feel the same way as well. So just, well, and there's so much, especially within experience management to do in collaboration with nonprofit as well. So I highly recommend it. It's really rewarding working for a nonprofit and doing events and experiences. And I get to be out in the community meeting so many people. So it's wonderful. And if you're in San Diego, I'm happy to have you as a volunteer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Reach out to Sarah for sure there. And um, and thank you so much for bringing up, um, you know, what, what's going on in the world, obviously, um, with... Um, Oh, just I mean everything that we've we've been through with the global pandemic and 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 now with um, with uh, war and um, and you know I, I think there is a tendency for some people to feel hopeless, mm-hmm. right, and to feel like, well, what can I do? So many miles away, and um, and the the answer there is a lot, and mm-hmm. and and don't feel hopeless. It's it's so hard. It's so hard not to. Um, I can speak from experience that um, that I feel that way sometimes. But then I get to talk to amazing people like Sarah, who are out there making a difference in the world, and 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 saying things like what you just said about volunteering and just making a difference. You know, every little bit helps, and um, and and know that um, I, I think it's really important for our current and our prospective students. Um, to realize that a career in the nonprofit world does not mean that you're living a life of poverty. You know, yeah. it does not is the it does not mean that you're not getting paid. That's the like most popular misconception about mm-hmm. the nonprofit world is that you're living a life of poverty, um, and that's not the case. Um, there are really um, there you know whether a brand new nonprofit or whether a 
um, well-established one like the American Cancer Society, they have paid positions and um, and you can make a fabulous career um, out of the nonprofit world and you can work your way up to where you can make really, really good money. And so um, it's uh, at, at while feeling like you're making a difference at the same time. Can that's you fine. talk about can you talk about what that's like, Sarah, to, you know, walk out your door every day or to get up out of bed every day and know that you are making a difference? Yeah. So thank you for bringing up that point. We definitely do get paid. Um, And I've thought about it so many times too. If I was working for a big tech giant, I just don't feel like I would be as happy because I'm personally every day, like you said, I wake up, I know I'm doing something that's important. Everyone that reaches out to me, you know, I'm helping them in some sort of fashion. Right. So that's just huge to me. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a hero in any way. I don't feel like that. I feel like every day I'm looking at what more can I do with, mm-hmm. like we just spoke about the war and all that. I feel extremely helpless and I'm currently always Googling what can I do? What nonprofits can I Google, you know, right. give to? So um Yeah. And with American Cancer Society, even with the war going on, we're working with cancer patients in Ukraine currently. So even Mm -hmm. in America, my work is helping what's going on over there. So it's just it's really great to know that I'm working for a place that is making a difference or at least trying to help those in need. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that does outweigh huge amounts of money. So I feel like I can be paid enough to live my life. And then I'm also just extremely happy with my work. Right. And you can't put a price on that. You definitely cannot. So, so let's, uh, let's now be, uh, let's now be a a bit more pragmatic, right? So if I'm a student listening to this and I, and and I go, okay, wow, I, I love this. I love listening. I love what I'm hearing from Sarah. How, what, what, what would, what advice would you give me? Um, if I wanted a, a career in the nonprofit segment? Yeah. So you all students are welcome to reach out to me first off. Even if you right. don't live in San Diego area, I'm happy to talk to you about American Cancer Society or nonprofits or just my career path in general. So right. that's an open door always for any RPTA EIM students. Right. And I tell and I tell students and we'll put in another plug for LinkedIn. Uh we we're <laughs> we are doing the we are doing LinkedIn's work very well today. But that's without LinkedIn, there's no way this podcast would have um would have gotten off the ground at all or been able to sustain itself. And um and Sarah knows I reached out to her via LinkedIn yep. and I'm looking at her LinkedIn page and um and so absolutely reach out to her. But but what what would you what would you say in terms of like building um building their experience? How would you recommend that they go about it? I, I think a lot of our a lot of our students forget that the, the nonprofit world puts on a ton of events, right? And um so and being a development manager right? You're putting on events, you're building those relationships. We talked about that a few minutes ago. And so um, what advice would you give um, to students? Is it just as simple as volunteering and getting your foot in the door somewhere at a nonprofit? Or what would you suggest? 
So I would say first step is kind of think about what interests you. Do you love animals? Are you trying to fight cancer with American Cancer Society? Um, What is your interest? And then you can say, okay, I like dogs, for example. You can Google in your local area where what are shelters in the area what are dog nonprofits rescues things like that yeah. and then go to their website and they will almost always have a page about volunteering i think volunteering is the best way to get your foot in the door and also from american cancer society a lot of the people that work here were volunteers yeah. so just getting to know people in the organization if you don't want to work for that organization you can at least put that experience on your resume and say, I volunteered for a year or two at this nonprofit. I have nonprofit experience now. So that's how I would go about it. Just getting involved, volunteer at their events. If you're an event person and you love events, go to the events. They are so fun. You will get experience. You'll meet people. And yeah, I mean, I volunteer at events all the time that aren't even American Cancer Society just because it's fun. It's fun. I love it. I love it. Well, Sarah, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I feel like I don't want to take any more of your time because you got to go out there and do do the work uh, to, to make a difference in this this world that we live in. And um, just want to thank you so much for taking the time and thank you so much for the for the important work that you do. And um, yeah, I just can't thank you enough. Well, thank you for having me. And yes, like I mentioned, feel free to reach out to me. I am always here to help students and anyone, alum, anything along those lines. Love it. Thanks so much. Thanks for paying it forward. See ya. Bye. Bye.